Hey, this is Aaron Holt. I'm the director of Lead the Generation. I'm joined today by my co-host, Gilbert Ackerman, youth pastor at Allison Park Church. We just want to say thanks for joining us today for the LTG Student Leadership Podcast. We believe that leadership is all about influence, so we want to help you discover new ways to reach your friends for Christ and lead your generation. If this podcast is helpful to you, it would mean the world to us if you'd write a review and rate it on whatever platform you're listening from. And hit subscribe. We'll be dropping new episodes several times a week throughout the school year. And be sure to share if you think this would benefit other students like you. Feel free to check out the show notes for more ways to connect with our ministry and our guests. This podcast is sponsored by our partner, WorldServe International. WorldServe is addressing the water crisis in Africa, where over 790 million people don't have access to clean drinking water. You and I can be part of solving this crisis. Go to WorldServeintl.org to get started. So get ready. The Student Leadership Podcast starts right now. Hey, students, welcome to the Student Leadership Podcast. We are joined once again by Tim Smith, Next Gen Pastor, Faith Church, Somerville, South Carolina. I love it. It just sounds good, right, Gil? It does. It rolls so, off the tongue. It sounds like where you want to go for vacation, I think. Is, is it a tourist, tourist spot, Tim? People come there to vacation? We're right outside of Charleston. And oh, so yeah. Charleston is like a vacation spot. It's an amazing spot to go to. So we're like the suburbs of Charleston. So yeah, man, if you ever want to come through, and take a vacation, you got a spot to stay. You got a spot to stay, man. There you go, everybody. Ooh, Tim shoot. Smith has just opened Open up house. his guest room. Collectively. I do everyone. charge. Bed and breakfast. I do charge, but <laughs> do you charge. can stay at my house if you pay me. $5 a night. <laughs> All right, so Tim, here's a question of the uh, of the day here. So you have to pick one of two tattoos, all right? And they are going to go right on your chest. So like right oh, over, man. you pick left or right, pectoral muscle, whatever. Oh, wow. Okay, so you get to pick um, a tattoo of either Danny DeVito's face Full detail, or Nicholas Cage. Who do you get and why? Oh, okay. I'm gonna go. At first, I was gonna say Danny DeVito, but the face that was popping in my mind was actually Joe Pesci, and I was gonna say that because I love Home Alone. The wet, the wet bandits are, are amazing, but the wrong guy. So I'm gonna go Nicholas Cage. Mm. Um, and I'm gonna go Nicholas Cage. Like gone in sixty Con- seconds, Nicholas Cage. Con Air, Nicholas Cage. Oh, because I already oh, have yeah. so much chest hair, it would just naturally flow into his long hair that he had. Like and it you know what? Just, that goes really well like with your already hairy back from last episode. That's that you it, man. Have. We've so got perfect. a theme. Gil has been doing some work. You've been putting some work into the icebreaker questions. I mean, these have been tough ones. Gen, Gen Z has helped me out. There's a lot like online that Gen Z meme around with. And I'm like, thank you, <laughs> students. You're helping me out. So good. Hey, Tim, um, great, great leadership stuff. The first episode early this week. Students, if you missed it, you should go back and check it out. But I'm excited to hear some more thoughts from you to encourage student leaders. So let's go. So here's the deal. To grasp this, I want you to make sure you're listening to episode one because it ties right into it. It sounds a little bit similar, but it's based out of the same scripture. And the point is leaders choose not to focus on the mess, but they celebrate the miracle. Mm -hmm. Another way to say it, choose to party. 
choose to party. Let's go. The best leaders know how to throw the best parties. Um, and so if you look at the rest of that scripture, so John chapter 9, like I said, Jesus and the disciples are walking along. They see a man that's born blind. The disciples are trying to figure out whose fault is it that he's blind. Jesus says it's nobody's fault. It's so that God can be demonstrated through him. Jesus then heals him. And here's how he heals him. He spits on the ground. He puts mud in this guy's eyes. Then he has the dude go and wash the mud off. He washes the mud off. He can uh, see he's running around town going crazy, telling everybody uh, that Jesus healed him. And the saddest part, though, of the whole scripture, because up to this point, it's one crazy party. It's one big miracle. The saddest part is you see the religious guys and they are watching this miracle take place. They're watching the celebration take place and they are mad because they they are so angry that Jesus's name is being glorified through what has just taken place. And they, are, they bring the guy in, they're questioning him, they're interrogating him, they're calling him a liar. They, they can't break, break him down, so they kick him out. They bring his parents in, they're like, hey, why is your son lying about this miracle? And they're like, hey, we don't know what happened. All we know is that he can, he can see. And then they bring the man back in, and they're like, listen, you can't be healed. There's no way because Jesus is a sinner. He's this, he's this, he's this. And they lay out this huge case against Jesus. And the man, he looks at him and he says the ultimate drop mic moment. He just says in verse 25, he says, I don't know whether he's a sinner. He says, but I know this. I once was blind and now I can see. And they, then after that, they realize there's nothing we can do with this guy. And they let him go. And the thing that is so frustrating to me about that is you have these influential leaders in the community that just had a massive miracle take place and they're too busy focusing on how messy it was and they're too busy focusing on who did the miracle that they completely miss out on celebrating the miracle with this guy. And so for us as leaders, I think it's very important for us to make sure that we are good at celebrating what God is doing, even if it doesn't look exactly the way we planned it, exactly the way that, that we drew it up. Man, if God's moving in somebody's life and we're seeing testimonies of his goodness and his faithfulness, man, let's learn how to celebrate that because that'll actually keep people instead of push people away. Oh, that's good. I feel like the people who even do this naturally are usually the ones that are naturally more encouraging, right? The students that are always like seeing the positive and the the, the good things in life. Yeah. I know, like I said last podcast, I'm the kid that like saw a lot of problems. It was very pessimistic. So it wasn't the Gil, like the younger Gil versions, but like, are there students right now in your youth group or youth groups that you know, Tim, that are that are doing this well, that they're, they're the ones who are constantly celebrating other students or other situations? Yeah, I mean, and I would actually point back to my last youth ministry that I was in up in Minnesota at a great church called Emmanuel. And we had a high school small group and they, their name was the Abide Small Group. And here's the deal, man. When we knew that there was brand new students that were looking to get plugged in, it was natural for us to say, hey, let's get them plugged into Abide because those students caught a passion for getting people plugged in. Like they, it, I think it's very easy for us to create a friendship group and love to be around each other, but we can unintentionally kind of turn our back on the world because we just want to like huddle up together so much. Um, but man, they had this amazing ability of being able to love each other well, but also be opened up to the world to invite other people in, to hear other people's stories, to get um, students plugged in, to make them feel at home, even if they didn't know everything yet, even when they're just figuring this Jesus thing out, um, celebrating people well. I remember when we would do student baptisms, 
they would go wild. They'd bring their own streamers to baptisms and stuff, and they'd bring the confetti cannons, and they would go crazy. Like, everybody wanted to be a part of that small group because of the way they loved and cheered for each other so well. Um, and so, man, when I think about this principle, they're the group that I immediately think back to. So, Tim, for students that are listening right now, they're thinking, wow, that sounds great. I love it. I would love to be a part of something like that, but that's just not what's happening in my youth ministry or it's not what's happening in my school. Um, how, do they, how do they begin to take practical steps to create that kind of culture where we're celebrating the miracle? Yep. Well, I think, I think it's twofold. I think, number one, we have to learn how to celebrate in your own life first. Okay, so you need to learn how to celebrate what God's doing in your own life first. Whether it's something small or something big, man, if when you see God show up in your life, when you see God bring you out of something, when you see God answer a prayer request, when you see God move on your family member's life, something like that, move on, a, on your friend's life, you need to learn how to celebrate those things. It's okay to stop what you're doing and celebrate what God's doing. Um, sometimes I think we walk around with false humility, like we have to act like everything's bad, like everything's horrible. And we're worried that if we celebrate too much about what God's doing, that it comes across as prideful. It doesn't. It, it, it glorifies Jesus. And so, man, when things that are, are um, in your life are happening that are good, that are amazing, where you see God doing breakthroughs, Man, shout it from the mountaintops. Do not be afraid of how that comes off. Celebrate, because if you learn how to do that in your own life, it'll be easy for you to do that with other people. And I think in your own life, you can also surround yourself with people who can celebrate with you. Um, surround yourself with people that are um, comfortable enough in their own skin that they don't look at your victories as their losses. Surround yourself with people that when they see a, a win in your life, that they are quick to celebrate what God's doing and not compare it to the losses in their own life. And then I think a way that you can learn how to celebrate in other people's lives and throw other people's parties is, man, there, there's an old principle that a lot of us know in leadership. It's what you celebrate, they will replicate. And especially when you see maybe new students coming into your youth group and giving their lives to Jesus, the baby steps that you see, celebrate that with them. Don't wait for your youth leaders to do it. Don't wait for your youth pastors to do it. Go and be an encourager because as you're celebrating what God is doing, they're gonna realize, man, this is the kind of thing I need to go after more and more and more. And it'll make them more hungry for Jesus, more hungry to pursue who he is. Um, and also just understand and realize there's a lot of people in this world that don't have anybody celebrating with them. And so if we can begin to celebrate other people, partner with other people, the church is going to look like the place that God designed it to be in the first place. It'll be a, a house of prayer for all nations. Everyone's going to want to come in because if they're feeling loved, if they're feeling acknowledged, if they're feeling celebrated, they're going to feel loved. And so, man, I would just really encourage you guys, learn how to celebrate the wins that God is doing in your own life. Surround yourself with people who can celebrate with you, but also celebrate other people well, whether it's something big, something small, because um, what you celebrate, they're going to replicate. Oh, it's so good. I love, I love the idea that, you know, party is attractive. Celebration is attractive, right? Just start doing it and it's going to, it's going to kind of take care of itself and gain momentum. But Tim, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you with us next time and have another weird icebreaker for you. And students, we hope this content has been helpful to you. If it has been, please share it with your friends on social media and tag us at LTG Conference and myself at Gilbo Swag. And you can find me at Aaron Holt. Students, remember you're called to lead your generation. Do it with passion for Christ and with love for others. Others.